Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. Come to the blue line, a bouncing puck, and Mantha was able to get the Backstrom! He scores! Nick Backstrom gives Washington the lead with 13 4 to go! It's 3-2 Washington on his night! He's given Washington the lead! This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. A night to remember for Nick Backstrom. A busy stretch continues tonight against Carolina. And Hurricanes TV voice Mike Maniscalco will join us. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, March 28th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. Presented by Clear, the faster way into Capital One Arena. On Saturday night, it was all about Nick Backstrom as he was honored in an elaborate pregame ceremony for reaching 1,000 points in his NHL career. That prior to the start of the game with New Jersey. With his family at his side, a highlight video played. The crowd stood and cheered. And the player that for his entire career has been the best supporting actor to Alex Ovechkin's lead role. He got his own moment in the sun, and it was terrific. Backstrom brought down a house with a goal in the third period. It gave the Capitals the lead, and he was named the game's number one star. After the game, our Ken Sabarin chatted about the evening with Capitals assistant coach Scott Arneal. Scott, great game, obviously. You guys win last night in the shootout. You come here back-to-back, lead in the tires a little bit here late in the third, but a gutsy effort come out with two points again tonight. Yeah, you know, it was two comeback wins for us, and especially on a game like tonight and you know, uh, honoring Backy and his 1,000 uh, points. So and you hate to walk away without a win, and, uh, you know, that third period is obviously our best period, and, you know, we got, got the job done for him. And you can't win a game without having good goaltending right now. You keep Vanacek for this game coming in here. He makes a, he has a great game, makes some key stops for you, timely stops, and you guys are able to get the win. Yeah, it's that schedule where you're getting into three and four. You play a lot of busy nights, and Sammy got the job done last night, and then VTech tonight, and he was outstanding, especially in the end there. There was a big barrage at the end, and, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, when, when you get strong goaltending that uh, builds everybody, gets everybody built up, and he kept it tight for two periods. It was 2-1, and gave us a chance to get into them in the third period. And Ovechkin gets the game winner on the power play, but this is Nicholas Backstrom's night. I mean, he has a goal and assist. Just amazing what he's done for this organization. He doesn't mind going in the background with Ovechkin, but it's nice to see that he gets his due tonight. Yeah, you know, we were actually bugging back. He may be getting the fight there and get the Gordie Howe hat trick. But, uh, no, but uh, you know what? Obviously, Ovi just keeps going. That's a big goal for us, especially when we got a, you know we got the one-goal lead. That puts uh, kind of hammer and the nail in the coffin a little bit. But the power play is the last uh, month has been outstanding. Uh, you know, it's really, you know, it's had a tough first half of the year just because of the bodies that we didn't have. And now we've got everybody back, and you saw that puck movement. Uh, not only the, the goal, but the, our entries coming into the zone, uh, getting set, uh, you know, all that all that that's really starting to click for us well congratulations enjoy the day off all right thanks kenny the win was washington's second in 24 hours after defeating buffalo friday night in a shootout solidifying a hold on the second wild card in the east with just 15 games to play 
So this busy stretch continues tonight, a third game in just four days, and the toughest test of the bunch with the Carolina Hurricanes in town tonight. Joining us to chat about tonight's game, friend of the show, the TV voice of the Canes, Mike Maniscalco joining us. Good morning, sir. Welcome to Caps this morning. Thanks for getting up and doing this with us. Oh, happy to be here. You know, uh, after spending a day in D.C. and getting ready for a game tonight, happy to wake up. You get the juices going for this one, John, especially when these two teams get together. This has been a kind of a weird season series between these two teams. Carolina's holding down the top spot in the Metro. The Caps are the second wild card. Overall, the Canes have had a much better season, but for whatever reason, the Capitals have been able to handle the Canes in three meetings previously. What exactly has been at issue is from a Canes perspective that maybe has not been what they've needed against Washington. The Caps have won all three. This is the final meeting of four tonight. You know, I can spell it out to what the Canes have been great at all season long, John, the penalty kill. The Caps have been very good against this Hurricanes penalty killing unit. They've gotten big goals on the power play when they need it. I'll go back to the last game in Raleigh where the Hurricanes had a lead, but Vincent Trocek takes a penalty late. Carolina had done a good job all game long on a guy named Alex Ovechkin, as you know, who it seems he scores every shift the last few games he's played. And he steps into one, ties the game. We go to overtime. The Canes were riding high when they went into Washington the last time that we were here. And I vividly remember that because Caps uh, were in in a bit of a struggle. But that was a game where I think Washington kind of knew we got to find it and put something together. And they did. And I'm not saying that the Canes were overconfident for that game because they'll never be overconfident uh, against this Washington Capitals team. But I think that that was a perfect storm. And, you know, the Caps are a team, when you talk about matchups, that they're a difficult matchup for Carolina because they play heavy. They can control the puck. They're so good on the special team side of things that they give Carolina some fits. And I think that's why when we take a look at how the season series has played out, you know, the, the Hurricanes can tell you that maybe the first game in Raleigh, Carolina, you know, deserved a little bit better fate. There was a penalty called late. Again, Washington takes advantage of it. I'm giving you a super long answer to this when the short one is really the still one of the most dangerous power plays in the NHL. And I know the numbers haven't really bared it out for you guys all year long, but against the Canes, they look like that deadly power play of old and they've taken advantage, especially at the right time to either extend the lead or tie a game or or come up with a big goal to swing momentum. This has been a little bit of a lull for the Canes over the last couple of weeks. By and large, a terrific season. First place in the Metropolitan Division. This could very well be a first-round matchup. But over the course of the last seven games, winning just two, but one of those two was an absolute beatdown of the Blues in St. Louis, a team that was just here and handled the Capitals just fine. And I thought the Blues looked to be a team getting ready for the Stanley Cup playoffs. They looked terrific in Washington, the Canes smoke them by a 7-2 final on Saturday night. Lopsided win on the road, good enough to kind of jumpstart things or still some maybe cause for concern or just a lull because it's an 82-game season? You can look at what the Canes have gone through in their last seven games, You know where yeah, I can point to it and tell you that they really are, are better than, what, two, four, and two. So that'd be eight. It's early for me, so I'll learn how to count. Um, <laughs> but in... All of those games, John, with the exception of the loss to the Washington Capitals at home, where the Canes had the chance to win. Remember, they were up late. 
Carolina outplayed everybody. And it wasn't just because of the sheer number of shots on goal. It's they didn't allow anything. I mean, they allowed the Dallas Stars 15 shots on goal on Thursday night and they lose in a shootout. And I think a bit of it is puck luck. You know that during the course of an 82 game season. You're going to run into a time where you just don't get the goals you deserve. You don't get the bounce that that should come your way. And if this would have been in November, I, I don't think anybody would have been batting their eyes if, that this happens. Like you, what you say, this just happens during the course of the season. But with how well the Kings have played, and then you look at the record and you're like, wait a minute, this team is 2-4-2 is and two in their last eight. What's wrong? Something has to be wrong. Honestly, Rod Brindamore said it. He wouldn't change one thing about how the Canes played during that stretch. And honestly, it was reminiscent to when Rod Brindamore took over as the head coach for the Carolina Hurricanes. There were no results early, but the way the team was playing, you're like, well, this is different. This isn't the, the same old Hurricanes. So that's what it comes down to. And I think that what we saw on Saturday night was just the culmination of you play that way and you get the bounces. And you're going to be able to, to hammer one of the better teams in the Western Conference the way that the Canes did. And the 7-2 might be a little bit deceiving because Craig Berube pulled Villayuso with about five and a half minutes to go. It was a two-goal game and the Canes took advantage and put two more into an empty net because they kept the net empty after the Canes got uh, Andre Svechnikov's second goal of the game and then Nino Niederreiter nailed it. But I mean, that was every bit of a dominating performance from the Canes against St. Louis. So, you know, when you say a team is smoke and mirrors, it usually means, hey, they're not as good as what's going on. This little stretch has been smoke and mirrors that the Canes are not as bad as what the, the record was was showing during this stretch. We're after the trade deadline now, and as if the Canes needed any more skating ability, they go out and get Max Domi from Columbus. Where does he fit into the big picture for Carolina? Right now, he's fitting in on a line with Jesperi Kokaniemi and Derek Stepan, which for him is actually pretty good because he's played significant minutes with both of them. More importantly, he's a guy that I can see being a Swiss Army knife for this Hurricanes team as we move down the, the rest of the regular season. Rod Brindamore will have a guy that he feels that if he wants to slot him up and move him next to Vincent Trocek and Andre Svechnikov or, or Marty Natchez and move some pieces around the board, that's what Domi can do. And the other thing that he does, he, he can be an irritant, but he can also be a physical player. The Canes don't have a lot of that. He knows how to, let's just say, stretch the the limit of the rule book to get the other team angry with him uh and and that'll be a good addition he he knows pretty much a quarter of the roster so normally there's this hey getting adjusted to guys uh, he comes right in he knows pretty much everybody who's here he's fit in he's only played uh two games so this will be his third tonight suiting up for the carolina hurricanes uh, since they acquired him from columbus but he's fast he's got good playmaking ability he can score goals but he also and this is the thing where I think the, the Canes really liked it. He can be that fourth-line guy in a playoff series who chips in goals or draws a penalty or does something that is noticeable. He's just made the Canes that much deeper. And where does he fit in for the grand picture? I don't have that complete piece to the puzzle, but I don't think the coaching staff does either because there's a lot of places he can fit in once we get to uh, the postseason. But right now, he'll be playing with Jesperi Kotkaniemi and Derek Stepan. He played with Stepan in Arizona with a line for Clayton Keller for a full season. And he and Kotkaniemi played up in Montreal together. So there's some chemistry there. and They can kind of walk him through the systems and, and bring him up to speed. There's still a lot of hockey left, but everybody's looking over the fence to uh, the games that the players play for free and where he fits in for that.
on the subject of Coach Kaniemi to finish. You and I chatted at the beginning of this season about all the fun and games, the press release, the poaching from Montreal, all of that stuff. But now signed to a long-term deal, eight years. This is a big piece of the puzzle for Carolina moving forward. And what has his season been like? I know offensively it's been a little bit uneven, but obviously they see a lot of big picture with him as he's going to be a Carolina Hurricane for a long time to come. The, the offense has been fits and starts. You know, he, he's gone a long time without scoring, and then he'll go, you know, three goals in five games, which is good. He's also playing about 11 minutes a night. So he's not getting top line minutes, but he's one goal away from setting a career high for goals in a season. He's got 11. That's tied his career high uh, from when he was in Montreal. He's been much more physical, John, than I think any of us thought he would be. You know, he, he gets into a fight Saturday night after Derek Stepan is given a bit of a, a rough ride and takes on a six foot six, 220 pound Russian rookie in Alexei Torpachenko. And he landed a couple of haymakers. Like I'm, I'm not calling him Tom Wilson, but I'm like, wow, that was that was impressive. We were all impressed with it. But he is again 21 years old. We always take for granted how young a lot of these players are, and maybe it takes a guy, especially players from overseas, a little bit more time to find their role or to find their game because. The North American game is different from guys who grow up playing in, in Finland, playing in Sweden, playing in, in Russia the whole time. It, it takes, for some guys, a little bit. He was drafted third overall in that 2018 draft, drafted behind Andrei Sveshnikov, drafted to Montreal. And as you know, there's never any over-heightened expectations if you're drafted by a team in Canada, especially in the top five. I think it, it's just a matter of him finding his way. But the Canes... You know, it's not going to be $6 million plus a year like they signed him to the offer sheet. It's under $5 million. It's a manageable number for eight years. So they feel that they've got a, a player who they see the offensive potential really being able to grow because they'll give him more minutes as this contract moves on. He'll fit into another role. I think potentially by year four or five of this deal, he'll ideally be the number two center on this team. Like, I, I think that's the projection. That's what they're looking at with him, a manageable number for a player who's fit in really well with this group, with a lot of other young players who will continue to grow with him. And they're kind of forecasting that he'll be that guy that they can move up and give big minutes to because, again, he's only 21 years old and he's starting to figure out a lot of things of what this coaching staff, this system, what they want him to do. Well, Mike, the last time we will see each other, at least in the regular season, could be more on the horizon <laughs> in a round one. We will see. But thanks for getting up with us here on Caps this morning. Always appreciate the uh, perspective. Okay, I do too. And can you please tell me why the Capitals have played so well against the Carolina Hurricanes? I could use this on my broadcast tonight <laughs> so I could explain it to our fan base so they, they don't freak out about this. It has been a good run for the Capitals this season against Carolina. There you have it, your scouting report on tonight's opponent from Mike Maniscalco. It's the Caps and the Hurricanes coming up tonight at 7, 6.45 airtime on 106.7 A Fan and Caps Radio 24-7. Caps game day starts at 4, exclusively here on Caps Radio 24-7. Hear it anywhere with Ben at CapsRadio247.com. In the meantime, have a great Monday, everybody. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.